What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Lauda, what do you got? So earlier, Lindsay talked about the ballpark, the pop-up ballpark that they're doing for the Yankee White Sox game on August 12th. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't the interesting part for me. For me, it was the hot dog. We've talked a lot about hot dogs on this show and actually uh, throughout the station because of the nasty Dodger dog we tried. But um, they, (laughs) sorry. Not everybody agrees. I know, I know, but whatever. Let's move on. This hot dog... (laughs) Uh, is created by Guy Fury, and it is a apple pie hot dog. Mm, exactly. I don't think Blech. I can get behind this. Blech. And I love me, <laughs> Guy Fury. I do. I love Guy Fury. I think he's great. I watch his shows. I literally can watch his shows on, like, my wife and I are old fuddy-duddies, dude. We have two small kids. We don't go anywhere, okay? <laughs> so, like, on Friday or Saturdays sometimes, like, it's just late at night, and we just want, like, the literal and figurative version of comfort food and just yeah. something that's just mindless that we can watch and fall asleep to. Mm-hmm. And it is diners, drive-ins, and dives love every single show. time. Love I that love show. that. That show made me drive to Bakersfield, but that's a whole other conversation. Really? My sister, when she was here, wanted to go to some restaurant in Bakersfield, too, because she saw Moose something on Creamery. there. And I'm like, bro, Moose no offense. I, I, I said to her, yo, you're going to drive two and a half hours to go to a restaurant that you saw on, on diners, drive-ins, and dives? Like, you go ahead and do you, not me. I'm not doing that. It was well, you know it. what, though? I'll tell you guys. It was? It was. What was the name it? of the place? Moose Creamery. Oh, yeah, that's the place. Yeah. Yeah, and was wh- it that one? You should have taken her. <laughs> but, she but went. You, uh, I, didn't, oh, I wasn't going to go. I'm like, I ain't going two and a half hours all the way to Bakersfield. I got stuff to do. I got oh, she, like your sister. She actually <laughs> went and did it, George? She was on vacation. I wasn't. Okay. Right. Still. I'll tell you guys, though, if, if I'm in another city... I'll give you an example. I had a football game last year in Denver. This is two years ago, rather. And um, and in downtown Denver, there was a place that Guy Fieri had gone to, diners, drive-ins, and dives. And they advertised, hey, you know, he's been here and so on. And I went there and I ate because I, I will tell you, I love the show. I'm a fan of his. And if I can get to a place that he is featured on the show, I will go try it out. I feel like uh, There should. was a place um, in where I lived in Connecticut. Um, that I, you know, like randomly like found, um, we didn't, we didn't see the show first and think of that. Um, but there, the place was called the black duck cafe in Westport, Connecticut, and it is a dive. Okay. A dive of divey dive dives. Um, but you know, it was good. If you want like lobster roll and like fresh seafood and calamari, they actually have real lobsters. They catch Mm. right there too. All that stuff. It was good. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it is a divey dive, but it was good. This notion of an apple pie yep. hot dog, though. I was going to tell no, you. No, 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 no doubt. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> okay. Tell me more. About I don't even this. like apple pie, by the way. Let's no, tell start me, there. Tell me okay. more. So it is obviously the juicy beef hot dog smother in Fury's own bacon jam, mm-hmm. enveloped in a flaky pie crust, and mm-hmm. then topped with an apple mustard drizzle, sugar, and apple pie spice. Yeah. Hard pass. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this, though. Um, I would try it. I would try it because the apple pie. Farmer John, you probably won't eat it. Yeah, well, right. yeah. I was just going to ask you: Was it Farmer John? <laughs> it's not. Get out. <laughs> no, this is this is with the Yankees. This has to be a Hebrew national. Come on. I would probably try it just for the goof of it all because this is an apple pie that looks like a McDonald's apple pie. You know what I mean? It, it, it's not like a circular, typical right. apple pie. It's just like a little well, handheld. No, there's no way that would fit in a hot dog. No. So what they've done is they've taken the apple pie and they've put the dog in there 
and then they've drizzled the other stuff over the top. And I was just reading about it that he's got that all-American like baseball apple pie Chevrolet sort of a thing, and he's decided to put them all together. And I'm looking at a picture of it, and you know what? I kind of think it looks pretty interesting. I'd give it a try. I really would. Mm, I don't know, man. I'm, I know Sedano's not a hot dog person. He's very open about that. And nor that. apple pie, as I mentioned. Yeah, so know. he's definitely not trying to. I like me some hot dogs. Apple pie, I'm very picky with where I get it. But this is nasty. I'm not down. Yeah. Lindsay? I, I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah. Lindsay? No way. Do you like apple I mean, pie or hot dogs or both? Well, I'm on a keto diet right now, so I won't be eating any apple pie anytime soon. Um, I did start eating some turkey dogs, but the idea of, like, the photo is looks like one of those McDonald's apple pies with right. a hot dog stuck mm. in the middle yes. of it yeah. with ketchup and mustard on top. That's nasty. Like, yeah. no one should, no yeah. one's going to want that. I don't like know. It's Guy Fieri. Is It looks like bacon or something on top of it. Yeah, there's bacon bacon on top. I feel like this is going to be a big hit, though, just because, you know, when you go to fairs and there's like that random, weird, nasty thing and people love it and go crazy for it. Yeah. So I have a feeling it is actually going to hit at the ballpark, but it's nasty. Yeah. When you go to a fair, if you see somebody eating like a giant turkey leg, you're like, okay, I got that. But when you see somebody eating like a fried Oreo, like a deep fried Oreo cookie or a deep fried Snicker bar, I'm like, dude, really? They're like, yeah, I'm at the fair. This is fun. I'm like, freaking gross. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. What is uh, the worst thing you've eaten? Uh, worst combination <laughs> that has surprised you? Something that you've saw that you're like, mm, I, you know, I, I don't know how I feel about that. You tried it and it surprised you at how good it was. I guess that's the question. Eight seven seven. 710 ESPN. And also, would you go to a place just because it was on Guy Fieri's TV show? So, yeah. uh, there you go. And we're still taking calls on Westbrook and Schroeder and all that nonsense, too. So Yeah, and biggest financial mistakes you've made as well. Yes, biggest financial mistakes because we were talking about Schroeder. And uh, boy, did he make one. Uh, real quick, though, we have UCAP. Yes, sir. You wanted to give the folks a PSA here real quick. I do. I do. So we got like a couple of minutes here. So if you want to do that. All right, good. Let me give me a second to stretch out. So here goes. Yesterday afternoon, right as we were coming onto the airwaves, I told you that I had a company coming to my house where I'm broadcasting from to give me a COVID test. Now, I have been to the Rams camp twice in the last two weeks. I've gotten tested. I've been negative both times. Um, But. I had a friend who was coughing and sneezing and sniffling, and I said, hey, man, you should go get a a COVID test. And he said, why? I just have a cold. I said, yeah, I don't even know if there is such a thing as a cold anymore. Went and got tested, had COVID. I've been vaccinated. I've been very opinionated on NFL players should be getting vaccinated. And for that, I've I've taken a lot of heat from the anti-vaxxer community. Okay, fine. So I started to cough on Saturday afternoon, and I didn't think anything of it. And then on Sunday, I started to cough and I started to sniffle. My girlfriend, by the way, had the exact same symptoms. The two of us are coming up with what could it be, never even thinking about COVID. These people came to my house yesterday, swabbed my nose, and within 10 minutes, I had an email with the results of my test. And here's what I'm going to tell everybody. I'm double vaccinated with the Pfizer vaccine, uh, but I went about life. I went to ball games, concerts. I traveled on airplanes. I was back to living a maskless, vaccinated life. And guess what? I got a breakthrough positive COVID test. They say that the numbers are one in 900. I'm one of the people now of the 900 that has a positive breakthrough COVID test. I'm home. I'm fine. 
Um, I'm getting some sweats here and there. I get cold a little bit. I've had a, a little tiny fever. My stomach hurts a little. But generally speaking, I feel like I have a cold. I do have a little bit of a cough. Um, but all in all, thanks to the vaccine, I'm home, I'm working, I'm good. I have friends who are younger, not vaccinated, who are stuck in hospitals, who've been hit by a Mack truck. So my PSA, George, Laura, Lindsay, and everybody who's listening in the 710 audience is, listen, I believe just the same way Rich Eisen talked about this a few weeks ago, my friend Jacob Ullman, who's a, an executive at Fox Sports, talked about the same thing publicly on social media. We are vaccinated people, but it doesn't mean, George Sedano, that we can't still get COVID. The difference is, is that if we get COVID, we can still live our lives. I'm quarantined. I'll be quarantined until Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, something like that. But And I'll take another test this Saturday. But I'm here to tell everybody that you really, really need to do this for your own good. Because if you don't and you get it, it could do terrible things to you. Whereas, you know, listen, a couple of sweats, a couple of chills, a small fever, a little cough. I'm still working through this thing. And uh, and it's all I credit it all to the Pfizer vaccine that I'm able to do it. So I hope everybody stays healthy out there, because as much as we've all gone back to life, guys, it's still out there, you know, and, it, and it's it's maybe more dangerous than ever before. And I lived for 18 months unvaccinated pre-vaccine and never got covid. And now here I am vaccinated, going to concerts, going to ball games, going to restaurants, etc. And can you believe it? I have it and I'm dealing with it. But I can deal with it because of the vaccine. So that's my PSA, George. Cool. I, and well said, for sure. By the way, you know who's going to be most disappointed about this, right? Tell me. Bergman. Do you know why? Tell me. Bergman had scheduled a uh, team dinner on uh, uh, next week. Which yeah, I'll, I'll be fine by then. No, no, we're not. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> no, you're well, you see, now that's now. No, no. But you see, now that's an interesting thing. Because I've always felt like anybody who had it, there's like a stigma, you know, and, and if I got it, I think I got it last Thursday. I think I was exposed last Thursday. My symptoms Well, we don't have to get into the details of that. My whole point was you have now ruined Bergman's experience before he even gets back from going. Yeah, but, but my question is. He wanted you this dinner be, so bad. Yeah, but why can't we still do it? If I have a negative test before Thursday of next week nee, and, I've, nee. and I've had 10 days of quarantine. I don't know. I, don't know. I, yeah. I require, I'm going to now require three negative tests before I'm around you again. How about that? I you told see? you, Cap. I was like, it is not happening. I, I know. I'm earlier. like, but you see, but I think George is, is with me. I mean, I think there's a stigma attached to somebody who's had No, it. I don't think there's a stigma. I just don't, I just need to do a lot of things and I can't afford to get COVID and get locked down. I like, understand. You know I got so it. So I, but, no offense, I have a lot of games to be at over the next few months and I need to already be careful enough to begin with i'm not getting around you until you have multiple negative tests so you're, i don't need covid to so, ruin my uh my livelihood so you're telling me that if i do a 10-day quarantine yeah and i have a negative covid test and Just i'm one? vaccinated well no uh, listen i i was positive yesterday this saturday i have my next test i'll i'll let's assume for a moment that i'll be negative Okay, and then Thursday of next week would be our team dinner. You're telling me that if I have a negative test and it's six days later, you will not have dinner and be in the same room with me? I don't know. All right. Especially it's right. the day before I go on vacation, too, on top of that. Like, well, I, you, bro, if, I, if you – let me tell you something. I am not taking the chance – no offense, and I love you, and I've known you a long time. I ain't taking no chance the day before I'm going on vacation – 
being around you if you even if you have just one negative COVID test. You gotta have like multiple days of negative COVID tests for me. Because A, I'm on, going on vacation, and then immediately after that, I have to hit the road for, like, months. <laughs> so, no, <laughs> that is not happening. Yeah, listen, I, I can't really say I blame you, to be honest. I mean, like, I think, every, I think this is the whole point, George, is that even if you're vaccinated as I yeah, am. Yeah, look at Morales. Morales is disappointed. He said that was going to be a fun dinner next week. Good job, Cap. There you go. Well, listen, um, maybe everybody else will come other than yourself because no, no. Of, of what you're saying. But No one's going anymore. That's it. We're done. Well, that was actually, we were kind of looking for an excuse to get out of here. <laughs> I mean, that's great. <laughs> no offense to Greg, but uh, <laughs> you just get to be the scapegoat now. Yeah, that's, that's fine. I can take that. But yeah. look, again, in, in, on, a, on a very, very serious note to everybody, listen, you can be vaccinated as I am, yep. and you can still get this. And the yep. good news is you'll be all right. All, you know, hopefully everything will be okay versus if you don't get it, I don't care how young and how healthy you are, it can yep. still knock you down and do even more damage. Yep, for sure. All right, coming up next, a native son could be returning to play football. Yeah, a native son of Los Angeles. We'll get to that coming up in just a moment. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. It's a great jam. It was a great jam. Laura, Lindsay, was this up your alley? Like this is, is uh, Katy Perry up your alley? I love her. I'm a fan. She's great. Plus she's uh, married to, right? Orlando Bloom. Yeah. Wasn't she with Russell Brand for a while? Yeah, yeah a long yeah. time. Long time yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. She's I like Katy Perry. Nice. I'm trying to remember what Super Bowl it was, George, where she was the halftime and she, you know, they always do the artist, um, I think, on the Thursday before the Super Bowl where they have a big press conference. Yeah. And uh, she was awesome. I, I'm a, I like her a lot. I think she's great. Although I got to admit, like when I heard this song back then, what year did, did Chris say this was? 2008. Was 2008? Right. So I had little daughters at the time and they were walking around going, I kissed the girl and I, I was like, oh, goodness, man. My daughters are really, really young. I mean, she's not wrong. It's fun sometimes. Really? Mm. Tell me more. I mean, it just. When I was younger and you got drunk, you know, sometimes things happen. It's not a big of a deal. <laughs> really? Not, yeah. Not Lindsay, would you, uh, would you second this? Um, I don't know about, like, I mean, I've tried it with, like, my friends, but. Oh, not my friends. No, no, they were not friends. They're not. They were friends. <laughs> no, not not even friends. No, no, no. It was because like uh, well, Lindsay's not familiar with our verbiage here. Because oh. <laughs> with Laura, there are friends, and then there are friends. You know what I mean? I'm picking up what you're putting down. I get nice. it. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Hey, real quick. Speaking about putting things down, they're putting down the tarp in Philadelphia. Bottom of the fourth inning. Dodgers, Phillies, Zippo, Zippo, and dude, the rain is coming down. I mean, beyond cats and dogs, just buckets of rain falling, and they're covering up the infield and a rain delay in the Dodgers game. So for everybody that's coming to join us right now, uh, glad to have everybody along. Rain delay, and it doesn't look like it's going to get started anytime soon. Why were you assuming that uh, they weren't listening already? Oh, no, there are just other people that are like, yo, 
okay, I'm, I'm bored. I'm not going to listen during the rain delay. I'm going over to listen to Sedano and Cap, and I'm going to listen to 710 because there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's going on that's very interesting, including the Russell Westbrook you know, press conference today and the Schroeder signing. And, George, you were just about to get us into some football stuff, so I'm glad everybody else is coming. Yeah, for sure. Now, real quick before I get to the football stuff, Lindsay, how was Russ on with Mason in Ireland today? He was good. Um, we only had him on uh, relatively quickly, but he was good. He um, talked about the meeting, you know, the big old meeting that everyone keeps referencing of how him, LeBron, and Anthony Davis all had this big meeting together, and that's how they decided they are going to somehow devise a plan to get them to trade for Westbrook. And he was like, no, no, that's not what it happened. Like, we're all friends. We all hang out. Like, our families know each other. Kids know each other, whatever. And it was kind of a casual thing. And we were like, oh, maybe we can make this happen. And that's how it evolved. So he kind right. of corrected that. Well, the last thing you want is that there was some sort of meeting and it was formal right. and tampering and all that stuff. Like, you, yeah, with the tampering stuff going on, uh, particularly after last year with the Bucks, like you, you don't want to mess with that. And there's an open investigation right now, which I don't. By the way, just real quick, just to get on my soapbox, tampering in the NBA is stupid. Like players talk, people talk, people share agents. It happens all the time. Okay, mm -hmm. it's you're never stopping that. Okay, now should people be less overt about it? I guess, but I just think the whole thing is stupid. Like it's it. When guys want to play on, I don't know, in L.A. or, uh, you know, what's another Miami, right? Or like they want to play with, I don't know, teams that are good. The Golden State Warriors, right? right. Like they want to right. play. Like I get it. Like, dude, you're just going to have to deal with that. Yeah. If, if you're the small market teams, just like in other sports, right, you have to deal with it. You have to draft smarter. You have to be shrewder with your no, – no, no pun intended on Not today. Not shrewder. Got it. Yes, yes. With your trades and things of that nature, uh, that's just the reality of it. Now, speaking of trades, there is a list right now, a list for one Michael Thomas. Now, Michael Thomas of the Saints, nephew of Keyshawn Johnson, Keyshawn Joseph Johnson – you may know him. He is the host of the morning show here on this particular station. And he could be on the move. Like, it is very possible that he could be on the move. There is a lot of chatter that he could be on the move. There is some talk that maybe he is done with the Saints. Just based on the 30,000-foot view, it certainly kind of feels that way. So there's a lot of talk about where he could end up. Now, there's some teams that need receivers, in my opinion, or teams that have the ability to add a receiver to make their situation better. Now, right off the top of my head, there's a team here in L.A. Now, you automatically assume it's the Rams, but actually it's the Chargers. I feel like Ooh. the Chargers. If you add a guy like Michael Thomas to this kid, Justin Herbert, right, who has just been all world, right, he has the rookie record for touchdowns in a season, I think that you're only going to get better. And look, I know the Chargers are pretty deep at wide receiver two cap, and I know you're not the biggest fan, but they have to be near the top of that list. If you have another young quarterback, maybe Jacksonville, right, looks into something like that. He has a relationship with Urban Meyer, so that already makes sense. The Ravens, to me, are always a team that could use a receiver. The Patriots, hell, even the Chiefs, um, you know, are teams that uh, a team that is a Super Bowl champion contender that could use him. But right off the top of my head, those are five teams that can use him. But if I'm the Chargers and I'm Tom Telesco, I'm aggressive in trying to bring this kid back to L.A. I'm not. 
I'm on the complete opposite side of this. In fact, if anything, if I were New Orleans and I found myself in a situation where this relationship is not fixable, and for anybody that may not know the, the details of the story, Michael Thomas is one of the best receivers in the NFL, but he had surgery on his ankle in June with training camp being right now. Generally, when guys need off-season surgery, when the season's over, they go get cleaned up. So when the Saints season was over, assume it was, you know, January, uh, you know, he, he probably would have used team doctors and gone and gotten his ankle fixed. But instead, he waited until June. Then, by the way, sends out a tweet. This was just yesterday. And the tweet said, they tried to damage your reputation. You saved theirs by not telling your side of the story, which, of course, for someone like myself, who's a complete, like, nosy person, who I just want to know exactly what the problem is here. Like, he has been so good for so long with New Orleans. What is wrong with the relationship between Michael Thomas and the New Orleans Saints? But, George, back to the Chargers. When I look at the Chargers, Keenan Allen is an excellent receiver. Mike Williams is an excellent receiver. Jalen Guyton had a big year last year. He's a pretty good player. Um, I just don't see the Chargers wanting a player who is now going to be out for probably at least the first half of this season. On the other hand, you mentioned Jacksonville. Well, he played for Urban Meyer at Ohio State, won a national championship at Ohio State, um, became a second-round draft choice out of Ohio State. I would think Urban Meyer would love to have a player like Michael Thomas, and if I were the Saints, I would not want to give him away to a contender. I'd say, no, no. You're, you're going to go to Jacksonville. You want to start this? Yeah, but why you would you? Why, I mean, what do you care about the Chargers? They're not even in your conference. Like, it, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I feel like the Chargers would make a ton of sense. You mentioned, yeah, they've got guys, but I mean, this guy's arguably one of the you know best. I mean, not arguably, he is one of the best receivers in football. I understand he may be out for a little while, um, but this isn't about for a little while. This is about putting him together. It's still in his prime with one of the best young quarterbacks in football. Um, you know, and and look. The sophomore slump is a real thing in my estimation, okay? Even some of the best guys have had a little bit of slippage in year two when people have film on you. So I just think adding more weapons to a kid like that in Herbert when you're a team that's trying to make a mark, not only in your own city, right? Let's face it, they, they, they have a long way to go here, but in your own division, where you know there's a clear number one, you need to be able to find yourself in the playoff picture in the AFC because I feel like the division is probably out of reach already, but the playoffs in the AFC, that is not out of reach. And if he comes back during this season and he's any semblance of what he was, you're a playoff team in my estimation. Yeah, if I were the New Orleans Saints, uh, I would be holding a big old grudge and I know people do in the NFL oftentimes, and sending him to a potential contender or sending him home to where he'd be happy to be home, I'd be like, no, no, you had surgery in June. You knew when training camp was. By the way, you had this surgery. By the not- way, he's also saying that that's on that he, he could divulge plenty of information right, about right. the, he the team. He you know? should do that. Then he should do that, by the way. Well, he shouldn't do it on Instagram, by the way, because that's not I, – I, shout out to Bobani Jones who said this earlier today on Around the Horn. Instagram is for pictures, okay? Put it somewhere else. Yeah. Well, listen, again, if I were the Saints, I'd be like, wait a second. So your ankle was hurt 
We should have used our team doctors, and they should have been advised at the very least. You've stopped talking to our head coach. You've stopped talking to your position coach. You've stopped talking to our trainers. You had surgery in June. The season's about to kick off. You're unavailable. You want out of here. You're threatening us. You know what? I'm going to send you to NFL Siberia. Welcome to Jacksonville. Go well, play for I, listen, your I don't coach. know how long it's going to be NFL Siberia, to be honest with you, if Trevor Lawrence is any good. But we can get into that on the other side a little bit. Plus, we got Would You Rather coming up in just a moment. Stick around. We're back in three minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, I'm going to take it away this time. I want to remind everybody that we here at 710 are throwing an exclusive fantasy football draft party, and we want to invite you and with you, nine of your closest friends. It's all happening on Friday, August 27th. It's happening at Hollywood Park Casino. The draft party will be hosted by Keyshawn, so Key is flying back from the East Coast. Uh, plus Travis and myself. I'll be doing a live broadcast there that day. Listen at 6.15 p.m. this evening for your chance to win, and I'll look forward to seeing you there on August 27th at Hollywood Park Casino. Lindsay. All right, so guys, for another round of Would You Rather, first question is kind of a weird one. Hope you guys like it. Would you rather have to clean the bathrooms at an adult bookstore or sleep in a pile of sweaty jock straps uh cap i'll start with you would you just say that one more time the first part was was i <laughs> want to make sure i'm clear clean the bathrooms at an adult bookstore you know uh-huh. the kind of store i'm talking about yes i do or sleep in a pile of sweaty jock straps um i think i'd rather clean the bathroom at an adult bookstore oh. The notion of sleeping on a pile of sweaty jock straps makes me sicker than the first one. Because if I clean the bathroom in an adult bookstore, I'm going to be wearing like dishwashing gloves. I'm going to have a mask on. I'm going to have cleaning chemicals with me. Correct. And believe me, I get what I'm cleaning. There's a lot of DNA that happens in those adult yes. bookstores. I get it. <laughs> but the notion of sleeping on a, on a bunch of sweaty jock straps, just imagine the Rams get done with their practice. hundred guys throw their sweaty jock straps in a, in a laundry bin. And then they say, go sleep on those sweaty jock straps. Nah, I don't think so. I think I'll clean the bathroom. Yeah, I'm with you because I can, uh, I can come prepared to clean that bathroom in like a hazmat suit. Whereas, uh, you know, I got, I'm not sleeping in one of those things. You know what I mean? So that one's pretty easy for me. All right. What's All right next? next one. Have uh, would you rather have everyone think your spouse is an idiot and a jerk, or that he or she is just really, really ugly? Um. So, gosh, this is such a bad thing to say on the radio. Gosh, why am I going to open my big fat mouth? <laughs> oh God, my mother used to tell me all the time, "Your big mouth's going to get you into trouble," and it has so many times. You know, people used to think that about my ex-wife. <laughs> oh my God. The first Which one? one. The first oh. one. 
<laughs> so I'd rather have everybody think that she's really ugly than, she's, than she's a jerk and she's whatever else she's <laughs> Yeah, because here's the thing. Uh, I, I feel like, um, first of all, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? Like there's that part of the equation. Like I do actually believe that. And I think that, um, y- you know, ugly is so subjective. I know I, I could put five men or women in a room together and they would think that a, a, a guy who or a girl who I think is handsome or gorgeous would be not good looking. You know what I'm saying? So I think that stuff is subjective, but your personality, that sticks with you no matter what. So I think that's fairly easy too. So, Laura, do that's you have one? That's a great way to answer that. Yeah, yeah Laura, George. do you have an that's idea? That's George. Here? He's very Paul Abdulish, yes. <laughs> I don't, I definitely don't like ugly personalities because you could fix face or whatever but you can't face an ugly personality so i'll take the ugly anyway right you can do a face job but you can't do well, a brain job no it's not even that it's just when you're an ugly person you are an ugly like all outside too you know you could be a very handsome guy and then you're just ugh, and i'm like yeah. oh you're not cute no more so yeah no. yeah i'm with right. you right all right next one would you rather fall through the toilet hole of an outhouse or be temporarily trapped beneath a pile of dead animals. Sedano. Oi. These are Man, good. You're ones, really Lindsay. good at this. These are good. Um, yeah. Um, so the toilet hole of an outhouse or dead animals. Well, toilet you hole know, of an outhouse is like the worst thing ever, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to go with the animals um, because I've seen. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio survive in that in the uh, the Revenant is that the yeah, name of the Revenant. movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I I feel like uh, you know because if Leo can pull it off, I can pull it off. So let's go there. Yeah, but that's <laughs> but it's a pile of dead animals. It's not. I mean, one it's bear, fine. You know? I could use them all to stay warm if I'm in a cold place. Mm. <laughs> I know this this idea of falling through a hole of an outhouse and what is in that outhouse is so bad because when you go into a portalette, you hold your breath. You know, yeah. I don't want to be under, though, a pile of dead animals. I'm going with the outhouse. Whatever. I'll shower. Oh, my God. I cannot yeah. believe that anyone would pick that. That's insane. I know. I know. It's gross. They're both gross. Oh. They're both disgusting, which is which is why it's such a great question and so hard to answer. I think the outhouse is the worst. That's the worst possible situation. I watched this. Uh, what, what movie was it? It was one of those like shorts on Netflix that has like a bunch of short little shows. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the girl dropped her toilet in the outhouse and she was in the middle of nowhere or, or not her toilet, her phone yeah. in the outhouse. And she tried to like reach down and fish it out. And then yeah. it broke and she fell in it. And I was oh. like screaming. like, oh. 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 So nasty. I know one oh. time I was at Disneyland with my kids and, you know, my son was young and he was going to the bathroom. This was number two. You know, this is when you're a parent and you got to go into the bathroom with your kids. And I, I was helping him and my sunglasses fell into the toilet and there they were oh. in this pile of duty. And I was like, you know what? Duty. <laughs> I don't think I need those glasses anymore. They're fine. Oh, no, hell no. Yeah. But yet I think I'd rather be falling through the hole of the outhouse rather than being underneath a pile of dead animals. Ugh. I can't believe you'd pick that. I know, Laura, how about you? Next! <laughs> oh, Sedano got it next. <laughs> <laughs> Laura's like, no thanks. All right, would you rather tattoo a tiny ladybug near your eye or tattoo a huge excess baggage tattoo that starts on your stomach and stretches all the way around across your butt? Big excess baggage tattoo or tiny little ladybug on your face near your eye. Kaplan. 
I'm probably going to have to say the excess baggage. I'm not a tattoo person. <laughs> I don't love tattoos. I do like to look at people's tattoos. When I see people who have really a lot of nice, cool art on their body, I'm like, yo, do you mind if I check you out um, so I'm not staring? And then I like to hear people's stories about why they got the tattoos. But I don't <laughs> love the face tattoo. So if I had to have one, I'd rather be able to hide it rather than have it every day where I've got to see it in the mirror. You know? Oh, God. You know, you, Texas baggage. I'm going to go with the bu the butterfly tattoo. Just because it's small, whatever. I can make up a fun story about it. If it's that small, I could even cover it up with makeup if I had to for on-air stuff. No big deal. If I had to. But, yeah, I'm going to go with that. A big tattoo? I'm also not a tattoo person, so give me the smaller one. Even if it's on my face. There is no making up for our, or no, there is no like good story behind the excess baggage tattoo. That's just, no, that's just, absolutely that's destroying not. your life. Yeah. Destroying Laura? your life. I have tattoos and I would never do that big, you know what word I'm going to say, tattoo. So I'll take the little tiny one and have a little cute story for it. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, I got respect go. for people who have tattoos on their neck or close to their face. Mm -mm. Tattoos that like you're always going to see no matter what. I got a couple of buddies of mine that are just all tatted out, neck all the way up into their face. And I'm just like, I, I don't get that part, you know? And so for me to have like a little Mike Tyson on my face, <laughs> I couldn't do that. <laughs> Wouldn't even be that big, but okay. All right. Yeah, it's a tiny. Next. Next one. All right. Would you rather be considered annoying or dull? Sedano. Would you rather be annoying or dull? Oh, I'd rather be dull than annoying. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody likes anyone annoying. Even if you're dull, people be like, eh, hey, he's dull, but he's nice. You know, like, I don't know. I feel like you, you, you I don't know. Yeah, I, neither is, you know, great necessarily, uh, particularly <laughs> for what I do for a living. But um, I, I would take dull in this binary scenario. I think I'd rather be annoying. I mean, you're kind of already there. so Right. I mean, so like I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know, I'm sort of annoying even to myself at times, you know. So like dull, though, is just so blah, boring, vanilla. Like, what do you think about Kaplan? You know, he's just sort of blah versus what do you think about Kaplan? You know, I got a strong opinion about that guy because he's annoying. So I'm going to go with annoying. Okay, fair enough. Next one more. All right. Would you rather be in prison for murder with public thinking that you didn't do it or be free with the public thinking you did? Oh, my goodness. So basically, OJ right. or <laughs> or you're there without and you, you didn't do it. Right. Um, right. Hmm. Well, real quick, George, I don't know if you saw that the Athletic did a story the other day on the top 100 running backs of all time in the NFL. And right. OJ was listed at number 41. And rather than them asking him about, you know, his career in football, all they asked him about was, you know, what you'd imagine. And he's right. like, well, that's why I don't go back to L.A. Because I could be sitting in a restaurant. Right. I could be sitting right next to the guy who did it. And I'm like, yeah. no, you could walk into the bathroom, <laughs> look in the mirror and see the guy who did it. What are you talking right. about? Now, now, do you know, like in this scenario, do I know that I didn't do it? Just people are assuming I did. Um, I think it's. Be in prison for murder with the public thinking you didn't do it. So I guess in the situation, you must have done it. Um, in both or, scenarios? Yeah, or, or free with the public thinking you did. Yeah, in both scenarios, you did it. Let's say both scenarios, you did it. 
Mm-hmm. And one, you're in jail, but no. Like, look, oh, man, if I d- if I did it, then I gotta go. Like that's just the reality of it. Like, <laughs> I'm just real. I'm you just, gotta pay I, your debt to society. I, huh? Listen, I yeah, I'm. If, if you screw up, you know, like I mean, I get it. At least people on the outside don't think I did it, which is cool. Once I get out, but Very you, know, no you get now. I mean, you may if you got good lawyers. Hmm. I don't know. Part of that athletic story, they were asking OJ. They're like, um, so how is it? You know, and he's like, dude, I got a great life. I go out to dinner every night. People buy me drinks. Ladies come up and want to give me hugs, take selfies with me. I play golf four or five times a week. I do uh, Instagram videos or Twitter videos. I'm just saying. That's what he says at the end of every video. Um, I think I'd rather have done it and have people think I've done it, but still live the free life. Neither scenario is good. In fact, both scenarios are terrible, just like the outhouse versus the dead animals. I'm with you. I'd rather be free. Yeah. Oh, you guys go to the hard ones for me, huh? And skip me on the easy ones. Um. <laughs> oh man, this is. I'd rather be free. Let's be real. I'd okay, be fair enough. Uh, all right, that is. Would you rather? Each and every day at five thirty. Coming up next, Kyle Kuzma says some things in the Players Tribune. You're going to want to hear if you're a Lakers fan. We'll get to that coming up in just a few moments. Oh man, we were talking about this earlier when we were talking about off the wall. This, this to me is the jam. This to I me agree. is the, there are two this jams. Is song. This, this is this is one of them, but this is like top three Michael Jackson song for me right here. Listen, it's one of my faves, and and look, I know I've taken a lot of heat, and understandably so. It was a Tuesday night with a glass of Chardonnay and Steely oh, Dan. However, are you still going to talk about the Steely Dan with well, your bad dancing? Well, because he, here's why, George. Mm-hmm. Had I chosen to break out this song right no, here, no. Don't say no, Laura. No, I'm on, no. Laura, Laura, I'm telling it, it you right now. might have been now, worse. I'm telling you right now, you will see some real dancing. You will be impressed if I chose this song. No, you're not going to buy that, are you? Hell no. You couldn't dance. You couldn't give me a good dancing video to what you had on? Uh, on a two-step, right. You think I'm going a, I'm to a trust you with Michael Jackson? No, bro, no. no. You know, maybe what I'm going to do is maybe I'm going to puff up my hair. Put on a tuxedo, a black, uh, you know, bow tie, get a brick wall, and then just start really putting out some moves, you know? I'm going to send you my mm-hmm. pastor's uh, Instagram because his little kid loves to dance to MJ, mm-hmm. and I think his son can school you on some moves, and then wow. maybe we can talk about it. Hey, I'll wow. take the schooling. Let me tell you something <laughs> right now. Let me. I take great pride in being a highly coachable person. So if the kid can school me, and make it so that everybody becomes impressed with my moves, I'm D. You're down? That's right. All right. I'm, I'm going to let my pastor, Pastor Julian, know that I'm going to send his stuff out so, you know, <laughs> his little boy can school you. Cause he, okay. He okay. okay. I like okay. it. I okay. like it. Then I'm going to send you my pastor's Instagram. I mean, just by the way. You, <laughs> that would be fascinating if you lost. If you. If you. If, if a little. How old is this kid? His son is, I believe, eight. He's little. He's a young little boy. He's so cute, though. Personality yeah. for days. Yeah, this would be fu- funny if you, if you, <laughs> if if a little kid who's eight danced better than you, which what probably you is Why? going to happen. Yeah. Why is that so hard to believe? A kid can probably jam. But listen, I'll probably throw it up on TikTok. You know, since I don't really have any content on TikTok and I don't really have much of a following on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll do that. At Scott Kaplan 9 on TikTok. Maybe if I can get some followers, I'll start putting some content out there. You should. You should. I mean, you have nothing to lose. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, listen, chances are the worse my dancing is, 
the better my TikTok following will be. Yeah. You'll be like, oh, check out this guy. He's 50. He's white. He can't dance. But what makes it really interesting is he actually thinks he can. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then it becomes like a spoof account. I'm spoofing myself. Good for you. That's actually, see, that to me is endearing if you pulled that off. Yeah. Go give it a shot. Uh, Speaking of getting a shot, Kyle Kuzma gave it a shot at writing in the Players' Tribune. And he said some great things about his first encounter with Kobe Bryant. He mentioned a number of different things, like meeting all sorts of Lakers legends. Um, was there anything in particular that stuck out to you, Kaplan, about Kuzma's you know, thing in the Players' Tribune? You know, something did stick out to me, George. And let me start off by saying this. I have a perception of Kyle Kuzma that he thought he was better than he was. And what I well, no, I, I mean, there's part of that. I don't think that that is an unfair perception to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, again, I, I felt like Kyle Kuzma. We talk about Dennis Schroeder today overestimating his value. I feel like Kyle Kuzma had a somewhat similar act, you know. And I thought that in in the Players Tribune, for him to take um, his story of desperately wanting to meet Kobe Bryant and the way he thought of Kobe Bryant, like I look at Kobe and I'm like. Great player, great husband, great guy, you know, but a a, a guy. I mean, he's a man, you know. Um, He looked at Kobe Bryant like he he had this – he was an idol to him, you know what I mean? And and all he wanted to do was contact him, meet him, have a chance to talk to him. And he tells this story, Kuzma, for anybody that hasn't read it today because I assume most of you have a life and you haven't actually read this stuff. That's what we do. And what Kuzma said is he finally got an opportunity – to meet Kobe Bryant. He was told to meet him at this restaurant and then Kobe's security people were letting him know, hey, he's a couple minutes out. He's sitting in this restaurant and then they come to him and they go, come back here because Kobe's going to be back here. He'll meet you back here. And the way he idolized Kobe Bryant to me made Kyle Kuzma so much more likable to me. He didn't have this, like, um, I'm a, an NBA player. He was an NBA player. He played for the franchise that I'm now a part of. You know, why shouldn't I be able to just get a hold of him and talk to him? He had this way of looking at Kobe Bryant uh, and idolizing him. And I also thought, George, that he was very um, sincere and grateful on his way out. I thought him saying things like, look, I spent four years in L.A. I had great games. I had great moments. I won a championship. I've got a ring. But I'm going to take what I've learned and I'm going to go try and apply it somewhere else. I thought Kyle Kuzma came off today in this Players' Tribune piece as being very uh, humble, whereas I kind of perceived him to be the opposite of humble. So I, I really I, I enjoyed reading it. I thought it was a really good first-person account, and I came away liking Kyle Kuzma a whole lot more this afternoon than I did before I read it. How about you? No, listen, I think he did a great job of framing it, you know, and really paying homage to what a great organization it is. Things that clearly everybody knows, um, and, and particularly in this town, right? But if even if you just followed basketball, right? Like, you know that this is the crown jewel of the NBA. And I, to your point, I think he did a fantastic job in framing that. Uh, I think particularly talking about how um, he was sweating bullets trying to meet Kobe for the first time and when Kobe texted him for the first time and all those stories about Kobe, I thought he did a great job of framing it that way. I was a little, um, I, I felt like it said a lot, okay? And maybe I'm reading into this. Maybe I'm being the cynical one. I felt like it said a lot that he literally dedicated one paragraph to winning the championship with the group of guys he won it with. I think that, to me, speaks more volumes about his relationship with that particular group 
um, than anything else. Um, what are you but saying? That, you're saying what, that see, you, you didn't think that he was um, – did you not think he was respectful enough to the championship team? No, no. Team? He, he talked mean? about how – you know, he, he mentioned it, but the – you know, there was a lot more in there, and I under, understandably so because he idolized Kobe, about Kobe, and very little I thought about, I don't know, the people he actually played with while he was with the Lakers. Yeah, in fact, he winds up telling another story about Kobe where he was trying to get Kobe to work him out. And um, he'd been texting him because by that time he had his number, and he'd been texting Kobe Bryant, hey, Kobe, would you please you know, work out? And he never got a response from Kobe Bryant. And then all of a sudden, it's a Saturday night. It's like 8.30 at night. He's getting ready to go out to dinner with friends. And he gets a text from Kobe Bryant that says, yo, meet me tomorrow morning in Newport at 8 a.m. And so Kuzma calls his buddies and he says, hey, listen, I'd love to go out for dinner, but I'm canceling because Kobe's going to have me come down tomorrow and I'm going to work out with him. So he shows up in Newport, like, I don't know, 45 minutes early because he kind of had this perception that Kobe would already be there. He'd be sweating. He'd be, he'd be ready to go. And he wanted to be there early. And he said that he had this workout with Kobe Bryant. It was the absolute hardest workout he'd ever been involved in in his life. And then when he runs into Rob Palenka, this is a few days later, Rob says to him, hey, I spoke to Kobe. He said you had a great workout. And, and Kuzma was like so enamored with Kobe that he was like, what? Wait, really? He said that I had a great workout? It, it was very interesting to me how much he idolized Kobe Bryant. Yeah, and- I, I don't think there's any question, but I, I just found it like, and, and, and absolutely he should talk about that because it is his first-person narrative and it is his feelings and emotions, and I thought, but I was just stunned that he, you know, that he, or surprised, I should say stunned. I was a bit surprised that in such a choreographed piece that he had one paragraph about winning the championship, very little mention of his teammates, and one paragraph about LeBron. Um, so, you know, look, I do think that talking about Kobe and what he, how he idolized him, that's his prerogative. Um, but I, I, it just struck me that there was not a lot uh, or that very little, if you broke it down by percentages, right, of what was written, was about his actual team that he played with. Yeah, now, which- that goes to show you two things. One, the impact of Kobe Bean Bryant, which deservedly so. There's no question about that. But number two, perhaps the lack of um, camaraderie. Uh, in the locker room that he may have had at times. Well, so I, I think I think it's a good observation, really, George, because um, I didn't take that away. But as you're pointing it out, you know, listen, that's why I think I've always had this perception that Kuzma thought he should be more. Yeah. But he was overwhelmed yeah. by yeah. LeBron, and yeah. rather than being um, appreciative of LeBron coming, he seemed to uh, be be battling. Yeah, what he yeah, thought yeah, he for sure. He, he, didn't, he didn't mesh with him well. We got a break because we're way late, and Laura's going to kick our ass because we're going to miss the spots. All right, we're back in three minutes and 45 seconds.